Yeah. Let's do it. Let's get it. Hey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the snowman. Yo. Tomorrow's the big day. Y'all know what it is. Draft night. Day. You know some other shit. Straight back to the dealership. Hey. God. Y'all know what tomorrow is. Draft day. Y'all know what tomorrow is. It's time to put on for your city. It's time to put on for your team. That's the thing we going with tonight, baby. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yo, welcome to the Riddle Sports Show. I'm your host tonight, Mark, a.k.a. The Vet. And I'm right here with my man, DJ Curry himself. You know what I mean. Yo, yo, yo. Y'all know what tomorrow is. Y'all know the theme for tomorrow. It's time to put your city on live. It's time to put your team on rep. Y'all know it's draft day, y'all. It's draft day. <laughs> what Guess up, what D-Man? day it is. Guess what day it is. <laughs> draft day. Yeah. Draft day. <laughs> you know what it is, man. Man, I'm I'm excited for draft day tomorrow. What about you, man? Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't man, wait. I... Yes. I'm... You know, draft day right around the corner. Uh, it's right there. I'm like outcast you know. to Sleepy Brown. I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. No, I can't wait. Hey. <laughs> you know, man. Man, this is about our fourth draft day that we did done, man, together. The fourth one. But you know, this is going to be our first year where we actually haven't been to the draft party. Exactly. No, this is going to be our second year. Cause last year draft party man was it was inside the oh DC. yeah it was inside of DC yeah 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 it was inside that convention center well, thing no, man I ain't like that well last no year. I actually I RSVP for the draft party you know on the thing so I'd be there I did too though you know I did too so I'd be looking. but I ain't just ain't go Dush. <laughs> <laughs> well I'd be tuned in tomorrow so I heard D Haskins is gonna be in it you know at the, on the draft party so we're gonna see what's yeah. good. Yeah, D Haskins, you know. Shout out to my boy D Hask. DHJ, you know what I'm saying? Number one quarterback. You know, he's gonna be our number one starting quarterback this year for the Washington Redskins. You know how we do. You know? Most definitely, most definitely. But you know, I've been seeing him doing a lot of workout videos, man. And I've been seeing him looking nice though in these workout videos, but I wanna see if that's gonna accumulate on the field this year though, too. We're gonna see. But also, we're gonna find out and gonna find out what the, what they're gonna do with Trent Williams because I heard he might get traded within the draft tomorrow. I heard that too, though, and that might give us back in our number one pick tomorrow. Hmm. Give us another number one pick in the draft in the in the first and I'm round. Itching and I think it might be with Tampa Bay because you because know I'm thinking and thinking that Ron who's that? Gronkowski. Okay. You know they uh, did a trade or whatever, so Gronk's supposed to be a Buccaneer now. And since right, he's right, right. TB twelve, TB twelve knows that person very well. So 
looks like OJ Howard's gonna be on the short end of the stick. <laughs> well, you know what? 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 It, it 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 seems to me to be like this though. For real, for real, I think that was in the makings in the works for a long time oh, yes. here since January. You know, since January. And I think that, you know, Tom Brady already knew that he wasn't coming back to New England oh, ever since Yeah, Brady was on the wall with that. It was all Brady on the wall. You know, they're not going to make him the highest paid player in the league like he should be. And that was messed up, though, because, you know, he deserves at least $130 million guaranteed. Exactly. He, he earned that. And for six Super Bowls and nine – I mean, he went to nine straight Super Bowls and won six of them. There wasn't a talk about New England not being in the playoffs. In his 20 years of his career, there has not been one single talk about New England not making the playoffs. Exactly. Of course. They made the playoffs same every year. Except. Exactly. Except what, this past year? No, they made the playoffs this past year. Oh. They made it and they lost. That's how much I really don't care. (laughs) <laughs> Whoops! Sorry, Whoops. Sorry. You, Whoops! I mean, I'm just saying though, like they were the fan favorite, kind of in the sense the year prior though when it was when when they won the last Super Bowl when he got six, and you know this year I was love I would I love to see how Kansas City won the Super Bowl this year though I really love oh, that they- one. You know, after uh, last year, they was going to be on. I mean, after the season before last, they was going to be on the verge to make it all the way back. Of course, they, of course, they were fan favorites. There was nobody that was going to yeah, stop. They them. were fan favorites, and they pulled all the way through and won. So, yeah, but I think if, if they went up against Baltimore, they would have had a fight on their hands. I don't know because uh, Baltimore seemed like they was a, a ratchet black woman during the season, and they got all white in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I ain't get that. <laughs> I, I don't understand. We look, like they was fighting. We look like, like, a, we look like a black person in jail, and the team they played. What was it? Tennessee looked like a parole officer or something. It was just, it was bad. It Pretty was much, bad. like they were going their ass. This is not the Ravens I all season long. What is this? Not the defense that I was looking at. Not any offense was progressing. I didn't, it, it was nothing. Every I saw the, all the. I regress. didn't recognize that team at all. I don't no. know who that was. No, I, I really wanted to look – I really looked at, you know, Baltimore's defense, and I thought Baltimore would have already had a chance this year to at least make it to the AFC Championship game and go up against Kansas City in the AFC Championship game and give us some competition, though. But, man, when Derrick Henry went off for 100-plus 100 yards, I was like, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. They have no chance in hell to win this right. game. Hell right. no. And it shocked me when they won the mm-hmm. game. And it shocked me how far Tennessee really went. It shocked the hell out of me and and, 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 and the workload that they put into it. So I'm really on the bounds of seeing what can happen next year with this team. So with Tennessee going so into next year. Let me ask you this. Do you think do you What's think that? it was Marcus Mariota that kept them from hitting the playoffs like that? You know, um, I, I I like that question though. I really do. And my answer to that question would be, no. I think that they didn't have the weapons around him. They they didn't give him a lot of weapons to deal with. 
around him. And Marcus Mariota, you know, he's a young Thundercat. He can run the ball. I mean, he can run the ball out of the pocket. He's a great – he's a good scrambling quarterback, though. He, he got a vision downfield, though, but the weapons wasn't really there. You didn't give him a real good run game with Derrick Henry like that, though. You know what I mean? Like, what you did for Ryan Tannehill last year, you made the offense simple and stupid. You broke it down simple, stupid for him. He didn't really have to throw the ball that gonna... much. He didn't really have to. He didn't really have to break out of pocket gonna... that much. All he really had to do was let Derrick Henry well, run the ball. Gonna, I'm not even gonna say that they dumbed it down for him. I'll be honest with you, I think they believe mm-hmm. more in Tannehill than they did Marcus Mariota. And I was gonna say that too. I would say that too. It's written because... on more anytime. Like, for example, us. After the first mm-hmm. season, you know, we had a camaraderie with RG3. We did great. Now yeah, we you did. noticed yeah, we after did. that, after he got injured, it just went downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Like, he started blowing up in the media. The team really didn't gravitate to him anymore. That nope. changes, be honest with you, when the, the, the quarterback was supposed to be the captain of the team. Yes. If your team doesn't have confidence in you, especially your offensive unit that you know you command, if they don't have trust mm-hmm. in you, they're not going to play for you. Right. So that's pretty much how it was for Tennessee with Marcus Mariota. They, he had his opportunities, but after a while, they mm-hmm. started not trusting him. And then Tannehill gets there. As soon as Mar- Marcus Mariota got hurt and Tannehill stepped in and played flawless, after that, it was like, okay. We got Tannehill. We got a chance. So we're going to go out there and give it our all for him. And, you know, we're going to do whatever. And, of course, they're going to get it all for Mike Vrabel because this is his first year coaching. Right. So they now, did that, and then you see what happened. You see they made it to the playoffs. Derrick Henry was the rushing champ. Yeah. It's all, it's all about the camaraderie. It's all about the team believing in you. Now, you said RG3. Yeah. Okay. Now, RG3, I didn't you you when you heard about RG3 being in the locker room with distraction and his father being up there talking to Daniel Snyder, you heard all these types of rumors, right? Of course. But what shocked me the most, and I'm gonna really be honest with everybody, what shocked me the most was the simple fact about is they lied about his injury. In the third season that RG3 was going to start, when Jay Gruden came in, to oh, play, you're talking about the concussion. They lied about, yeah, they lied about an injury that he had, and he really didn't have an injury at all. No, concussion. they just did that because he wanted Kirk Cousins to be the guy. Jay Gruden, Jay exactly. Gruden never wanted RG3 to be the starting quarterback. No, Mm-mm. never at all. And it, it, it showed on it showed in the preseason when RG3 was playing. Kirk Cousins was not bad as a backup quarterback nor as a starting quarterback. He wasn't bad at all. What RG3 did was, when he messed this stuff up for real for real, though, was the simple fact of the matter is that when he went down in the game against the Seattle Seahawks, he was up 14 as Yeah, he should have went out. When he he should have stayed out. He should have stayed out of the game, and then we could have possibly, potentially still won that game later on down the road. The defense was holding. The offense was moving, and then all of a sudden he came back on the field and the offense wasn't moving anymore. The defense shuts down. Everybody starts to shut down, going left and right. And 
it seemed to me that the team didn't even corral around him anymore because of the fact of the matter is that he put his body on the line for you guys and was trying to get us to the next round of the playoffs. He put his body on the line for this team. And a lot of teams, a lot of a lot of players today doesn't don't want to do that nowadays. You understand what I'm saying? Like a lot of players do not want to do that. They don't want to step up to the plate like RG3 did and and actually really go out there and want to win something like that. They didn't put their bodies on the line like he did. And this team should have really thanked him, came back the next season and really tried to step up to the plate and protect him more, but they didn't. They shut down on him. They fired the coach. They fired Kyle Shanahan, by the way, and Mike Shanahan, the father. And you fired them two after the next season came about. It's the fact of they fired the whole staff. Yeah, they did. Greg Minuski. But what I what doesn't what puzzles me to this day? Every single coach that we had on that team. Mm-hmm. Two of them are head coaches now. Kyle yeah. Shanahan and Matt LaFleur. Exactly. And what did Kyle Shanahan do last year? He took San Francisco to the damn Super Bowl. And then what did uh, uh what did the Rams do the year prior to that? Go to a damn Super Bowl? Yeah. With uh what's my with boy's name? I can't think with, of the coach. Yeah, Sean McVay. What should have happened? Now, Sean what should have happened, to be honest with you, what should have happened? They should have promoted. Sean, I think Sean McVay should have been in the run and at least be head coach of the team. Because for one, that's a familiar face that they already recognize. Even though he was the tight that's ends true. coach then, mm-hmm. and then they moved him mm-hmm. up to be the offensive yep. coordinator. They damn sure did. Okay, that's fine. But we really had a chance. You really let a good coach slip away. You let three good coaches slip away. Actually, technically, you let four because not only saying that, that Sean McVay got away, you let uh, the offensive coordinator go from last year go oh, you're away. Talking about Kevin O'Connell? Um, Kevin O'Connell was pretty good. Now, for real, for real, Bill Callahan, you know, as much as I really didn't know about him that much, Bill didn't have a bad season until he stepped into play. He got his our, our first couple wins on the field. Yeah, but that's another thing that pissed me off with the team. You let the best mm-hmm. offensive line coach in the league go. Why? Right. Why? Because you want a new era. You want a new start. You want a fresh start. But can you really sit there and say that we are in a new era and a fresh start? No. All you did was grab a great coach in Ron Rivera, which is fine. But all he did was move the people he had in Carolina and bring them with him. That's not a fresh start. It's not not really a fresh start, I should say. And you're absolutely right. He just did move everybody from North Carolina up here. And it's like the Carolina Panthers got a whole redo of a squad and the coaches, and all we got was really the same coaching staff from North but not, Carolina. I mean, but not from even Carolina. just that. Like I said, if you you could have kept Bill Callahan and you let could've. him be offensive line coach, he would have stayed. 
All you had to do was pay him the money. You go out and get and these other people that don't nobody know anything about. Like, okay, you right. went and got Scott Turner, North Turner's son. Okay. Yeah. What do we really know about what he does? Nothing, really. All we know about is exactly we know about your DC. We know about your yeah, pretty <laughs> Yeah, his dad was not that bad when he was in Washington. We had some pretty damn good damn. seasons with his dad in Washington. The most famous coaches on our team is our head coach and our defensive coordinator. And uh, you can't forget about the running backs coach. Well, Randy Jordan, they kept him. That's fine. He's good. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about as far as well-known coaches, yeah. like big name. We have Ron Rivera. Yeah. And, and Jack, Jack, Jack Del Rio. Del Rio. Now, yeah. what I like about Jack Del Rio is, Oh, we we gonna get back to being ferocious, and I'm glad that we went back to four three like we should have never came out of. Right, right. Four three. Every time when we had the four three defense, we was always in the top ten in defense. Always. That is true. And that's when we had Greg Williams, but we was always in the top ten. Half these people that you drafted, right. that you got playing linebacker now because of the three four. They was never linebackers. They put their hand in the dirt and get after the quarterback. Now everybody that's everybody right. that's basically that y'all drafted as a defensive lineman or defensive end, whatever, that's used to putting their hand in the dirt and getting after the quarterback, they get a chance to go do that now. Right. Which is better. So I like Like Montez exactly. Sweat. Exactly. Sweat, Kerrigan. Jonathan Allen. Kerrigan actually added. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Allen. Kerrigan was actually an eight sack person when he was putting his hand in the ground. Exactly. And then you got to think about it too. He was eight. With the, with us switching to the 4 3 and Kerrigan still on the team, I guarantee you, mm-hmm. we do have a football season this year. Ryan Kerrigan will be the Redskins' yep. all time sack leader. If y'all and you know what, though? He is number two, and I think he's one and a half sacks away. Or two yep. sacks away from being the Redskins all-time oh. leading, leading sack leader, passing Dexter mm-hmm. Manley. Yep. Come on now. Shout out to Shout Dexter Manley. But let's be for real. Yep. Ryan Kerrigan was the best draft pick the Redskins had, other than as far as you know, defensive wise. He was one of the all-time yeah. best draft picks we ever had in the 2011 draft. He was the best draft pick that we got at 16. He's been yeah, he's been the most consistent redskin on this team for the past eight and for you the know past the, eight nine seasons. He had at least like you said eight or more sacks. He did, and, and he you know the funny part about that is except the last what two because he was hurt. Yeah, yeah, he really didn't go down and get hurt that much. He was reliable. Yeah, he was, and now. What's going to make it even better, he's still on the team, Montez, mm-hmm. Sweat, and then now we get ready to jump to the draft and Chase Young is out there. Yep. Can you imagine how our defense will look with Chase Young? Now, I'm going to ask you about that one. Come on. Since you got this defensive oh, mindset on, going on, on here, on, let me ask you about that. Let me let me let me let me let me ask you about this one. Chase Young 
that's in the mm-hmm. draft potentially could be a Washington mm-hmm. Redskins. Um, there have been talks about you know um, they, they had a, just a talk with his mom on Fox Five News this morning because they was like this could be a surefire pick that he's going to get picked number two overall in the draft this year. Mm-hmm. Now, here's my here's my question for that one. Do you think Chase Young is going to have a great first year or a great second year being in the NFL? To be honest with you, if he plays like he did at Ohio State, and mm-hmm. gets to the quarterback consistently, even if he gets to the quarterback consistently and he doesn't get the sack, but he does something to disrupt the play, oh, yeah, I can see him right. having an awesome first season. But now, the see, the thing about it is, is that I've heard a lot of Redskins fans out there saying that we should have took Tua. We should take well, Tua. We should take Tua. I'm, then they're saying – then they're saying this, lay one. this one to rest first. They're saying that, oh, well, Chase Young is going to be a let, bump. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me lay down the law on this one. So all them Redskins okay. fans out there that say, oh, we need to get Tua. Excuse my French, but fuck Tua. We Thank don't you. need him. Thank you. We don't need him. No. At the end of the day, he had his hip broke. We don't need him. Nope. I don't give a damn how healthy he feels. We don't need him. We don't need them. To win championships, everybody knows. To win championships, you got to have a defense. We Everybody knows mm-hmm. that. So why would we take yep. Tua at number two and leave the best person in the daggone draft open for anybody in the NFC East or whoever to go get, especially in the NFC East? They don't make sense. Right. See, my logic like, on that one was is this. Like with Saquon Barkley, best generational mm-hmm. running back you have ever seen. Yeah, Chase Most Young is in that down. category as best defensive defensive end generation wise. Hands down. Come on now, there's no way I see the Redskins passing Hands. up the number two pick and picking him for tour. I don't see that happen. And if that happens, I, I will get on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, <laughs> and send Ron Rivera a message and say, "What the hell were you thinking?" You know, because at the end of the day, we need to drag Chase Young. Ryan Kerrigan is pretty much on his way out the door. You know, you say that we need to drag Chase Young, and Chase Young is—you know—he's the best. He he would be the one of the best defensive ends that came out the draft this year, and from years to come. You know what I mean? Now, if he he has, he will be starting, of course. Montez Sweat will probably be in the linebacker position or on no. that line as well. Montez too. Sweat is going to probably no, pop him out. Montez Sweat is going. He's going to be a down lineman. He's going after the quarterback. With that, now you know you can't put that many linemen know, out it's, there. It's four linemen and three <laughs> linebackers. This is the way I see it. This is mm-hmm. the way I see it. Honestly, okay. If you look at it on the lineup lineup standpoint, depending on how training camp and everything mm-hmm. goes, because that right. can be anything. If Chase Young outshines. Um, Monte Sweat, your starting yep. defensive ends is going to be Chase Young and Kerrigan. 
And you know, we've seen that before though, because Arakpo exactly. was a generational player. And we had Arakpo and Kerrigan. And Arakpo was averaging an eight and a half sacks a year uh, uh, per season until he went down the drain too with injuries. Kerrigan stepped his game up a lot oh, more yeah. after Arakpo uh, left oh, yeah. the game. That's the you know that's the purpose. Now you see what now right. that's moving into the point that I'm about to make now. Mm-hmm. With them drafting Chase Young. Right. You have Ryan Kerrigan that's been doing it for eight, nine years now. Exactly. Yeah, he can mentor Chase Young, get him and mold him into a f- ferocious pass rusher. I guarantee you. Yeah. The per- the purpose of Chase Young getting drafted by the Redskins is he's gonna be Ryan Kerrigan's replacement when it comes that time. And I agree with that too. Why and you think you know, they went? Why you think how they did in the draft before when they drafted Haskins? Then they turn around and jump back in the first round and got Monte Sweat. It's coming yeah, down the line. I like They're that. Getting younger, and it's not. And it's yeah. nothing to, you know, discredit Ryan Kerrigan. Ryan Kerrigan did his thing. He's about to be. He's clearly yeah. about to be the Redskins' all-time sack leader. But they're amping right. the defense up and getting more defensive ends because. You know this is a business. Anything can happen. When Kerry, when it's time for either Kerrigan to retire or whatever he does, you have mm-hmm. your backup replacement. And Chase Young will be the best backup, the best replacement you will have because he's already NFL ready. Right. The only, the only thing is he needs to work on some of his moves. Once he works on his moves, he's going to be dangerous. He already is a dangerous no, player. Be, you think no, about he's it. dangerous, but he's going to be even more dangerous once he learns how to dip his, you know, drop his hips and get around the tackles and all that. Once he know, learn how yeah. to do that. Oh, it's over. Yeah, yeah, it's over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody's going to be able to yeah. catch him. Yeah. And same thing with Montez Sweat. Montez <laughs> Sweat has speed. What defensive <laughs> lineman you know run a four four one? Not too many, I exactly. Know. But I really never got a chance to see what Chase Young's speed was, neither. Oh, yeah, because he didn't he didn't do nothing in the draft. I mean, he no, did he did not. Draft the combine, he didn't do anything. But this is the thing with four for one on one side, which is Montez Sweat. Once he learns how to right. do the moves to get around people, oh, he's gonna be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Too. It's gonna be hard to stop him. Oh, he is. His speed, his oh, speed it is. reminds me of Lawrence Taylor. Right. When he gets to that corner, it's gonna be when he dangerous. gets to that, when he, I'm telling you, when he puts it together and get those moves, oh, it's over. I'm telling you, Washington going. I, there's no doubt in my mind that Washington won't have oh. a doubt. Uh, 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 a talented have a defense, speed, ferocious defense. Now, the only part that's missing is two key pieces that's missing on this defense. Oh, and I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna that's tell a you, corner. That's a cornerback. Oh, Another and corner safety and another safety. Exactly. Yeah. Now, now there's one player that's out there right now to help this offense. Just got reinstated back into the uh, uh, in the NFL. Please don't tell me who I think you're talking and about. Wants to, and he's hungry as hell. And we need a stretch wide receiver out there that can go out there and stretch the field a little bit, though, take some pressure off these young boys. I know you're, t- that's I know you're talking about Josh Gordon, are you? No, 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 no. Percy Harvin. I think that's his name. Percy Harvin retired. No, not not him. I mean, it's hold on. I know Percy Harvin you retired. Talking about, you talking about Martavis Bryant? Did, 
No, 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 no. Somebody just came out of retirement, and I'm going to give it to you real talk in just two seconds. Got to figure out his name. Because I don't want to put the wrong information out there, though, and the wrong information you know, comes back and hit me in the you know, face. You know, Percy Harvin retired because he, he had concussions. Yeah, it is Harvin. Percy Harvin wants to come back in? Percy Harvin is attempting to a comeback, as he told ESPN's uh, jo- Josana Anderson. He's attempting, uh, Harvin is already uh, um, eyeing a chance to play with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. Percy Harvin wants to come back, and that's who it was. It was exactly Percy Harvin. I'm correct about mm. that. Well, Percy Harvin wants to come back in the NFL. Mm. Now, there's two catch-22s to okay. that. He wants to play with Tom Brady and win a Super Bowl. That's one. Two is, I think that you need to go out there and get this man. So we got enough salary cap to go out there and pick up one little big-name player that's in the draft. I mean, in, in uh, free agency. Mm-hmm. Now, he is a free agent. He has speed a little bit. You know, although he retired, he wants to come back in the, on the game field. Now, I think that you can utilize him in the same different kind of way you use Brian um, – Brian, no, not Brian Cook. What was his name? Brian uh, something or whatever the name was on the team that we had uh, last year. Um, you can utilize him in different kind of ways, just like you use Paul Richardson, just like you use Pierre Garcon, just like you use Deshaun Jackson as veteran players. He's a great veteran. He got he has skills. He got hands. And he can go out there and catch the ball. Now, if there's another wide receiver out there that can stretch the field too as well, Young, talented, even though he had a whole completion drop, he had a drop season one year, got kicked off the team and went to one other place towards ACL in New Orleans. And then it's still out there in free agency and is hungry to come back. And that man name is the, is the X-Man himself, Dez Bryant. Now, Washington has two chances to go get this man or get one well, of the two players that are out there. I'm going to tell you now. They're not going to go mm-hmm. get Des Bryant because, for one, he hasn't played since, what, the Cowboys? Mm-hmm. You got to think about it. When he signed with the Saints, he didn't play. He got hurt in practice. He got hurt in, in, in off-season training. Yeah, that was it. He got hurt in practice. So, we talk about practice yeah, we talk again? About practice. <laughs> we talk about practice we talk about again? Practice. And you got to think about it, too. He's a yeah. – he's a, He's a yes, he's a, a veteran, but he's yeah. an older body. Yes, he is. A lot of teams now are trying to get younger. But Des Bryant is a younger player, though. He's only what I think he's about to turn 30 this year, 29 this year, something like that, though. But Des is still but young it's not and even fresh. Just that. It's also your character. Your character says a lot about you. But Des Bryant's character on and off the field wasn't that bad of a character. If you really think about it, he had some locker room issues because he was hungry enough to be on the field, though, and he wanted to win. Yeah, And he really wasn't getting the ball. He he really wasn't getting the ball that much. And when you say he sounds like T.O., though, but T.O. was the best, one of the best wide receivers to do it in the game. Yeah. One of the best. But Dan's Bryant. Him and Chad Ochoa-Singo changed the game real good. Follows right behind T.O. Because T.O. was the same way when he didn't get the ball. Wrong or right? Yeah, but wouldn't you be the wouldn't you be the same player if I'm sitting wide open on the field 
I tell you to throw the ball to me because you got a young quarterback back there named Dak Prescott. You had a young quarterback, a young quarterback at that time frame when Dez was playing with him that wouldn't throw him the ball like that. He was scared to throw the ball. But then you got rid of him after that season. And you kept Dez. You wanted to run the ball more with Zeke, and you're going to run Zeke to shit. Every year you're going to run Zeke to shit. And once Zeke is old and beat up and ran the shit, you're going to get rid of Zeke. Well, you got to think about this, too. It's the same thing that they do with everybody. You got to think about this, too. In, in Dallas you got to think about this, too. Their offense revolves around Zeke. It does. But like I said, you're going to run Zeke to shit. And it formally proves that when he had that six-game suspension, Dallas was garbage. Dallas was tremendously garbage. But even though they were that, tremendously garbage, though, that to, kept to them in the game sometimes. To so this what? day, honestly, to this day, that can't do it without Zeke. And, it's and not, Zeke and damn sure can't do it without that. nothing that anybody can tell me that's going to make me change my mind. Dak cannot do it without Zeke. If Zeke was to go to another team, Zeke is going to be Zeke. He's going to be great no matter where he goes. He's, one, he's a, a, a different type of running back, just like Saquon Barkley is. Zeke mm-hmm. can run the ball and get yards. You can probably tackle him in the backfield, but half the time you're not going to tackle him in the backfield. Well, I've seen it too many times. Well, somebody had the recipe for natural disaster one year that kept Zeke down to 50 yards in oh, one yeah, game. Oh, yeah, we did. We shut him down. And I think it was the Denver Broncos that had that recipe uh, for disaster? No, that was actually us. Okay, well, we had the yeah, recipe we, we for shut disaster him down. one year, too. We shut him down. He only had 46 yards the whole game. We... But it was a team before that, though, that beat him down one year when they thought Zeke was a freak that he was. They kept him down to 30, 50 yards. Now, we came back uh, one season and kept his ass down to 30 yards in the game, too, as well. We did. Yeah, we did. We, you know, but we you did. Noticed we did our thing. We don't, if, if it was the Broncos, we are the only two teams that actually done that. Nobody else can do that. Exactly, and when Zeke does, and and when Zeke doesn't get the ball like that, and you don't run Zeke as much as you're supposed to, you basically are throwing the ball more times than anything. And Dak has telegraphed a lot of shit on the field that everybody's catching up to now. When Dak puts his hand behind his back and rubs his towel, that's a damn sure running play. When Dak doesn't do that, that damn sure means they're throwing the ball. It's telegraphed on the field when Dak throws the ball down, when Dak is about to throw the ball, or when Dak rubs that towel together. And I'm 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 not understanding how defensive tackles and defensive ends aren't little realizing this shit. His signal calls, his signal calls are so telegraphed. I pick up all the shit. And I'm not even on the field. Well, do you understand what I'm saying? I feel you, but you gotta think about it too, as far as the defense. When he's up, the defense can't see him. That is true, though. But, see, the thing about it is that's what your safety is there for. That's what your corners are there for. That's what your other that's what your other positional players are there for, to see what is going on on the field, to see how they read the defense and tell you what's going on. That's what them damn linebackers are getting paid for, to read the damn defense. That's why you got one on the right, one on the left, and one in the damn middle. 
And if they're not picking up on them reads of what it is going on or what Dak Prescott is doing in the pocket, then damn it, you need to be fired. I can't help you with that one. I'm telegraphing every play, every single thing on the field, and I'm not even on the field looking at it. I mean, on the field to play the game. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the same things that he does every single time frame. Dak is readable. And that's the thing. When Dak is readable, like they got that young boy back there too, another young boy back there that's another star, uh, running back that they have on Dallas team. I can't think of his name right now because he's anonymous. But when I think of his name in a minute, it'll come to me in a minute. Trust me, it will. But there's a difference. That boy can run the ball too, though. But like I said, though, Dallas is going to run Zeke to shit, and then wide receivers going to sit out there and look at open and looking stupid. Like when they had Jason Witten, Jason Witten was open and looking stupid while they running the ball to Zeke. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that too? When when Zeke runs the ball, there's a lot of wide receivers open. Of course. Downfield. When Zeke's not running the ball, you know understand what I'm saying? When Zeke is not really running the ball, Zeke's just on the field, period. But you there's still one or two wide receivers open because they never know if they're going with the screenplay with Zeke. Or they throwing the ball to Zeke. In Which the is why I said Zeke is the big part of that offense. And then on top of that, you know, the more that you run, it sets up the play action better. Which is why it does. Which is why when you see that plays happen and receivers are open, it's because of the play action. The defense be so confused that they're used to they thinking that it's going to be a run, but then when it's a pass or it's a screen or whatever, it's like they're lost. That's why. That's why but they see, say that, it's better to run the ball because it, it would produce a explosive offense in a play-action game. But see, like I said though before, though, it's so easy to read Dak Prescott because he's the commander of that offense. It's so easy to realize that what he is doing on the field, when it's going to be a run play, when it's going to be this play, when it's going to be that play. If you're watching film like you're supposed to, you will read all this stuff. If you're in the gym, I mean, if you're in the film room, you know what I mean, from day and night, if you're watching film work on a plane or if you're watching wherever you're watching film work at on a tablet or whatever the case it is, you got to notice key things about him. Mm-hmm. And But that's up to the defensive coordinators too as well to point out certain key details that they would do on the field. And I know we're just talking about one player, but Aaron Rodgers is one of the hardest people right now in the league right now to pick off because you never know what he's going to do. Tom Brady was the same way too, but now Tom Brady's becoming a little bit more readable as age comes into play. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best ones to do it because Aaron Rodgers' step count is tremendously phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is another one. Wentz actually... His snap count, his play reading, his uh, his defensive reading on the field is phenomenal, and, uh, and you wonder why Philadelphia is in, in is the way they are, they the way they were last year, the year before last, and the year before that one. Wentz can read a defense, and Wentz can change the plays up before you even realize the play got changed because mm-hmm. he's not being readable. He fixed it and adjusted to his play calling. He adjusted to the times of. Okay, they're reading me on this one. I got to switch this up a little bit. I got um, just like Tom Brady did when you heard Cadillac, Cadillac. What is a Cadillac? What the hell? Uber, Uber, 
Uber, Uber. Who the hell thought? Who the hell knew Uber, Uber made throwing down the pit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, you know, there's different things like that though. But Dak is one of the quarterbacks that is readable, but he can still throw the ball downfield four thousand yards because of one man. And like, I know you keep saying that Zeke is a big part of the offense, and which indeed he is though. But can Zeke? Really do it without that front line that he has in front of him. And that's can Zeke go to another team like the Arizona Cardinals or like the Carolina Panthers with Christian McCaffrey is, or can he go to like teams like the Miami Dolphins and still break off like Ricky like Ricky Williams did and break off 120 yards plus? I mean, you will never, like you did with you will never know the answer to that question until it actually happens. It, I, I I understand that though. You know, I do. I feel you on that one. That's a lot of big moves. That's a bigger, that's a major move right there, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, though, before, and I say this again, if Zeke or Dak, because Dak is on his last year of his contract, period. This is last year, I think, in Dallas. Because I don't think Dallas is going to get that deal done. It's a, it's a cat-mouse game. We're going to see. And with this draft coming up, man, the draft tomorrow, man, I'm really telling y'all like this, man. It, this draft is going to really set some stones. This is the first virtual draft. And I know we ain't got off key about football, though. This has been all football talk, everybody. I just want to let y'all know that. We ain't gone off course about the draft. The draft is still tomorrow. And I'm waiting to see what, what teams are going to really do because this draft is going to be shaky this year. You got a lot of defensive players in this draft, and you got a few good quarterbacks in this draft. And from what I'm looking at, Joe Burrow will be the number one pick this year. And Tua is going to probably Miami somewhere where he will sit his ass on the bench and be right behind Ryan Fitzpatrick for a year. That could possibly Unless Fitzpatrick don't do what he's supposed to do. That could possibly happen, but like I said, all these different theories of how the draft going to go, you never know how it's going to go. And I agree totally 1,000% with you. Just like that draft a year with um, Mitchell Trubisky and everybody came out. Nobody was expecting Trubisky to go number two. Right, but Trubisky, although he didn't look good last year, but he still looked good last year in a sense. You know, he picked up some speed. He picked up the pace last year. Trubisky ain't the problem. It's the weapons around him that's the problem. It's the coaching that's the problem. And we all know this. And that's why Chicago and Chicago did some tremendously stupid ass things. But their one thing that they counteracted was and that they did the best thing was when they got there, uh, when they went to go get the boy from uh, Oakland. Oh, Cl- um, Mac. Yep. When they got Khalil Mack from Oakland, that was the best thing they did since sliced bread. For that defense, but you did not help your offense out with getting them a top threat receiver. Now I called Washington stupid when they let James the Crowder go. I thought Washington was really big dumb for doing that one, and he came back and let our asses up on the field. Mm-hmm. Another thing was is that um, you know. A lot of these, a lot of these things that we're going to see tomorrow in this draft is going to shock the hell out of us tomorrow, and I guarantee that one. This is going to be one of the drafts 
this is going to be a draft that you all going to want to see. And I'm trying to tell you, D, this is going to be a draft that you will want to see too. Because this draft is going to be so shocking when you see how the first 10 picks go in the draft. Whether Washington really going to take a quarterback or they're going to take the defensive end. Whether Joe Burrow will go number one in the draft, which is going to be like another Kyler Murray, he's going to go number one. That's already set in stone for Cincinnati because I think they're done with the Andy Dalton days. Mm-hmm. He's just done it. I think they're just done mm-hmm. with Andy Dalton. Even though AJ Green is coming back, I think they want to be a better deal I'm with Andy Dalton. Yeah. I'm disappointed in the Redskins because they ain't going to pursue him. Pursue mm-hmm. AJ Green? I'm highly disappointed with that, though, but I'm not highly disappointed. I am because y'all, they wanted to put all their eggs in the basket and try to get Amari Cooper. That was dumb. You know, you know who I'm really shocked they didn't go get a chance to go get and didn't trade for and didn't want to go get them. The man that they should that, that we was talking about last year in um in the uh, preseason of last year, Stefan freaking Diggs. Ah, uh, yeah, they let him. They I let him slip the buff. Now they you want to talk. Now, you want to talk about somebody being pissed about not getting somebody? You didn't even go get Stefan Diggs when he was wide open for the catch. You let him slip. You let him Come slip. on now. He was wide the fuck open for the picking. You could have snapped him up from Minnesota after you gave Minnesota one of the golden tickets that they had already, which is Kirk Cousins. He ain't got no weapons on his team besides – I mean, he really he got, he got two weapons on his team – Besides um, Stephon Diggs, that's it. A tight end and a, and a, a mediocre wide receiver on his team. That offense don't move without Stephon Diggs being on the field, and everybody knows that shit because Stephon Diggs made a difference in the playoff game when he wasn't getting that well, ball and he was sitting wide open on the field. And everybody, well, now you know the way the Minnesota's receiving core is. The number one receiver is Adam Thielen right now. Exactly, Thielen. Yes, he's 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 a good wide receiver, but he's mediocre too. But like I said, though, the best thing they had on their team was Stephon Diggs, and everybody know that hands down. He was like another Randy Moss for the Minnesota Vikings, and we know that. And we know that. And the best thing that they could have did in Washington was go pick that man up because we already had a uniform ready for him, ready to go, ready to sign. All you had to do was put your money in the basket and go get him. That could have been one of your free agent picks that we could have picked up a big name wide receiver in the in the free agency market this mm-hmm. year. You could have made a splash, traded Trent Williams' ass up to Minnesota, sent his old ass out of here because I'm about tired of hearing about Trent Williams' ass all freaking year. I've been hearing about Trent Williams, Trent, 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 Trent Williams. If you want to get rid of him, you should have sent his ass to Minnesota where he can recalculate, where he can recuperate with. Kirk Cousins' old ass, and stayed up there with him. They could have been a dynamic duo together in Minnesota, where it's cold as hell at. That's my pick mm-hmm. on that one. And I'm sorry to say that, though, because it, – it, it, well, I'm not – I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry to say that, though, because that's where them two belong at, in Minnesota, or send them to a team that he ain't going to make shit off of. Like the Miami Dolphins, for instance. You had another person that was in the in the free agency that you could have stole, which was Kenny Stills. Yeah. You had Kenny Stills in the in free agency. But then they're saying that there's another wide receiver in the draft that they want to go get to as well. But he's a good person too as well. 
but yes, he's young and he's fresh. This wide receiver is young and fresh, though, and I have his name by the mall when we do the show, when we get on the show tomorrow, you know what I'm saying? When we go to the show tomorrow, I'll have his name ready for everybody, though. But like I said before, and I'm going to say this again, the major steals that you could have picked up in the, in the free agency this year was Kenny Stills and Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs would have blew everybody's mind away because who the hell ever would have thought Stephon Diggs would come to Washington, D.C. and play down here with his younger brother? From the area too, as well. Yeah. Hello. He played it. He did Hello. Go to the University of Maryland. Hello. That could have been another major steal in the in the free agency this year. You could have traded Trent Williams' dumbass right to the Minnesota, or you could have traded him to Miami. However, you wanted to do it. You got rid of Chris Baker. And he went to Tampa Bay. Yeah. And now Tampa Bay didn't even want his old ass. And now Chris Baker sitting at home or can't sit your ass down. Yep. Waiting to get a job offer. If he ever gets one. And Chris and 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 the and I'm not even gonna dog Chris Baker out like that though, for real, for real. Because Chris Baker was one of our best defensive, I mean, defensive tackles that we had on our team. Yeah. I'm not even gonna dog him out like that though. Cause I can't dog Chris Baker out like that though. Swaggy had some momentum when he was playing defense with us, and we was getting the job done. They was locking it down though. But like I said, though, this is Greg Minuski. He was not the right fit for our team at all. Because if you notice, our secondary was suspect. Our linebacker core was suspect. But never could you ever say that the front line was suspect at all about Washington. You never could say our front line was suspect. Mm -hmm. The front line always did their jam jobs in Washington. Now, can I get an amen on that? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you couldn't say that our front line was suspect and you can't say that today that our front line is suspect because if you say our front line is suspect that it means their whole entire defense was suspect and I'm going to tell you like this though had you had switched Josh Norman to safety you would have had two all pros back there put two young people on the side that had speed that could cover and shit like that though but now you went back also you went over to uh, Kansas City and got um, what was my boy name, Kendall mm-hmm. Fuller back. Come on, and they now. still got one piece that's missing that they could bring back too. You could bring back Rashad yeah, Breeland. Exactly what I'm talking about. You have all the options in the world to go get these players and reunite them back in Washington because you never should have got rid of them in the fucking first place. Never should have got rid of them. That's the same move that Washington made when they went to go get a running back for fucking Denver and got rid of Champ Bailey ass. And Champ Bailey went over there and got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. You got rid of young talent for Clinton Porters. Good move, bad move, because Clinton Porters didn't really get us nowhere. Champ Bailey got him at least to a Super Bowl. Playing defense. Yeah. Now, Clinton Porters was a good running back for the team. But what did he do for the team, really? I don't believe Clint Porters was running the ball that much and that hard to get us to a win, to get us in the playoffs, get us the wins in the playoffs, and get us to a Super Bowl damn ring. Now, all the talent in the world that we had back in the day still couldn't get us to the Super Bowl in the big dance. And we had some major-ass talent in D.C. Mm-hmm. And we still got some major-ass talent in D.C. that still can't get over the fucking hurdle of getting to the big Mm -hmm. things. 
I'm I'm tired of hearing about this whole bunch of ta- there's a whole bunch of talent out there, but you're not going to see it. You're not going to get it. Why? Terry McLaurin is going to get beat up because he's going to get double teamed. Um, Calvin Harmon is going to get double teamed if you keep throwing the ball to the same receiver. Jeremy Sprinkle, yeah, Sprinkle, Sprinkle, he's going to get open, but you still need somebody to compliment him. Vernon Davis is gone. Yeah. You need a tight end. Jordan Reed gone. You know what I mean? Jordan Reed is gone. And 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 and, and, and it's beyond me of you wanting to be in the cultural change in D.C. The cultural change in D.C. was you should have went out there and got two big names that could have fit your offense very, very well with a young stunner back there that can launch that ball out there real deep for these wide receivers to go out there and catch it. Because mm-hmm. I damn sure know Stephon Diggs would have caught a 90-yard pass from uh, Dwayne Haskins if Dwayne Haskins would have lost that bitch too far ahead of him. Because he got the speed forward. Kenny Stills is a tall receiver who could have stretched the field downfield, let Terry McLaurin be in that slot, let Trey Quinn or whoever the hell you want to put in the slot position run that slot. You could have had somebody open. That's why I always like a full wide receiver set in my office. I love full wide receiver set in the office because that lets you stretch the field a lot more. That gives you a variety of open people on the field. That also gives you the tight end on the field that can also move maneuver on the field as well. Does it not? Yeah. That also gives you the chance to run the ball a little bit more effectively. If you utilize AP in the right way, which I think Bill Callahan kind of did and kind of didn't. Jay Gruden kind of did and kind of didn't as well, neither though, because you made this as a healthy scratch from last year. Beginning of last yep, year. And as soon as guys get hurt, then you want to throw them in. Exactly. Then you went out there and got the biggest dummy in the world. And 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 and, and I was and I was vouching for him because he was on our team, but you went out there and you grabbed Minnesota's miracle worker. For one season, who had an off season in last year with Denver? Yeah, that. And I can't. And and, and that was the quarterback. And I can't think of his damn name right now. Neither. I know you're talking about Case Keenum. What, yeah, Case Keenum, Case Dummy. You know, every time he got on the podium, he would say the same dumb shit. Uh, yeah, well, well, um, I believe we're gonna we can do better. And uh, I know these guys got a lot of spirit in them. Da, 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 da. But bitch, you ain't doing nothing on the field. There's nothing you could tell me that Case Keenum did last year that was perfect. Some things wasn't his fault, but a lot of things was his fault. He missed a lot of wide open receivers out there. That is true. Dwayne, I I, I swear on everything I love, though, man, I love you to death, though, but you missed a lot of opportunities in that damn Giants game where your ass could have scrambled out there and got a first down, touchdown, whatever, on the field. I need them to work on that. Yeah. Otherwise, your ass will get replaced by a rookie that's coming in the game. Then you got rid of, and I know we're going all over the place a little bit, though. Then you get rid of Colt. Then you put Colt McCoy in the game, and he's playing scared. Well, he did have a leg injury, you know. He's playing scared. That's why he got hurt in the first place against Dallas. He was playing scared. 
Then you put Josh Johnson in the game at the last freaking moment. Yeah, that was embarrassing. We had to go all the way down to our fourth string quarterback. Thank you. You you and then and that was the funny part, though. Here's the funny part about this whole scenario here, D, and that you could agree with me on this one too, as well. Why would you pick up a player, Josh Johnson, who almost potentially could have got us to a playoff run that last year when Alex Smith went down that year, that season, not keep the same boy that can come in here and potentially just have one bad season or one good season, however the hell you want to put it at, sign up for another year, let Dwayne has to sit his ass on the bench and learn the offense, learn the system, or if we was going to get a new system any goddamn way, let's have a losing fucking season anyway, put the boy out there so he can have a losing season, and then trade him away. Then let Dwayne Hassis come in in this season and play his heart out. Then you could have put Colt McCoy in last year after Josh Johnson failed at being the starting quarterback. Agree or no agree? Yeah. I'm just to be honest with you, I'm glad that that season was over. I am too, though. But I know we tank for a reason. You understand what I'm saying? I know the Dolphins was tanking for a reason. I, know, I mean, not tanking. Yeah, the Dolphins was tanking for a reason. The Cincinnati Bengals was tanking for a reason because they knew what was coming in the draft this year. They wanted to rebuild this team, their teams this year. They wanted to rebuild. And being in a rebuild mode means you're going to have to tank a couple seasons. And I don't understand why Washington fans didn't even realize that they were tanking for a reason. Cincinnati fans realized they were tanking for a reason. They're still showing up to the audience. They were still showing up to the arena, to the stadium. Meanwhile, our fan base is sitting up here like cricket, 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 cricket. You letting another team come in your stadium and run your stadium. They loud on the field while your team, while your team's offense is on the field. How embarrassing is that? Yeah. How embarrassing is that in Washington? Our fans not even loyal. But you loyal enough to come to the draft party. And stuff like that, though, to show up to the draft party. Washington Redskins fans should really be ashamed of the damn selves. And I'm saying it live here on the on the show. As a Redskins fan, y'all should be ashamed of y'all damn selves of not showing support for your team while they was tanking like shit this year. Hey. Well, beyond be honest I'm with you, there's not a lot of Redskins fans that are true Redskins fans like like us. We're true Redskins fans. No matter win, lose, or draw, however the season turn out, we still going to support the team no matter what. No matter what they do during the season, what players they get, whatever, we support the team no matter what. Right. Hey, and that's sad, though, man. That is really sad, though. It's really killing. It kills me. I can yell at the TV all I goddamn want to. I can go to the damn stadium and yell at the screen all I want to. I know I'm putting my heart and soul into it because I'm yelling and screaming for this uh, for a reason because they're playing stupid or they're doing something stupid. It didn't take too long to realize that they was going to take the hell out of this year just to get a, a good pick this year. And when they realized that the predator was coming out of the draft and coming in the draft this year, they had to tank. And I know why Cincinnati was tanking because of the fact that they're over Andy Dalton. Just like uh, in 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 in, in um, L.A. with the L.A. Chargers. L.A. Chargers was done with Phillip Rivers. He was done with the L.A. Chargers. Because of the fact that matters, you're not putting anybody on this team for them to work with. Last I checked, Phillip Rivers ain't even been signed yet. No, he's signed. Colts. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he went with the cost. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. 
But last I checked, he got a he got a better chance of winning with the Colts than he did mm-hmm. in LA. You understand know what I'm saying? They got so many problems in LA that the Houston Texas game got problems. You let go of DeAndre Hopkins. That was another still Washington could have got. Yeah, man. You, you understand? What but I'm, I'm gonna tell you right? whose production gonna hurt the worst, the most. Deshaun Watson's production is gonna go down. It's gonna go down tremendously, and I feel bad for them because they were a playoff team with them two being on the field. All you had to do was get rid of the damn coach, and they would have had a playoff run deeper in the playoff run this mm-hmm. year. All you had to do was put a young coach back there that could have had an de- uh, offensive mindset, lead the defense alone because J.J. White got the defense on lock. For real, for real, he got that defense on lock. If he had stayed healthy throughout the entire season, this team could have gone somewhere. We would be talking about the Houston Texans this year again. They're, they're a playoff team. But now they're going to sink their ship down badly this year because Willie, I think it's Willie Sneed the fourth that's on their team too. Mm, yeah, I believe so. I think it's Willie Sneed the fourth. I think it is him. If I'm not mistaken, if it's not him, if he's in Baltimore, then whatever the case may be is that team doesn't have no. It's somebody. It's either Fuller or Sneed, somebody like that along the lines. But either way, regardless, he's only going to have one target to throw the ball to. You really didn't give him a run game to run the ball with at all, period, down in Houston. Houston really doesn't have a run game like that. But besides Deshaun Watson, if you really want to be honest. You guys want drift? So you got teams like Kansas City that's going to wipe the floor again in the AFC now. Because now there's really no competition in AFC but besides besides the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans this year. Because they got Tannehill back and they got Derrick Henry back, which I was shocked about getting them both them two back on their team. Now the AFC is already set. The two teams, the three teams is going to run the AFC now is going to be Baltimore, Houston. I mean Baltimore, Tennessee, and the Dell going um. And the Kansas City Chiefs this mm-hmm. year. It's going to be the battle of them three teams. Three teams. I tell you, man, I, I don't see nothing else coming about this. I don't. Unless you got an X factor on the team, unless you got an X factor that I that I didn't name that's going to come out the AFC this year, I don't know who what other three teams are going to be up there. Yeah, I don't know. Because the Patriots about to witness the first drought they ever had this year, and I guarantee. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that Tampa Bay, even with Tom Brady being on their team, you know, you should have kept 30 for 30. And even though he came out and said, I'm happy that you traded me away or that you got rid of me for all-time legend." Not too many people, not too many quarterbacks can say that. Jason Campbell can a little bit because <laughs> he got replaced with Donald mm-hmm. McNabb. And McNabb ain't do shit. 
Mark Brunel was the only 34-year-old that really did some shit for us and Alex Smith. Let's be honest. Yeah. Alex Smith had a 6-3. Brunel at least got us to the playoffs yeah. at 34. I mean, our seasons were looking pretty decent until running backs, uh, to that running backs we had flaws with. You had Matt Jones. Who, who who really was irrelevant at his first season of running the ball. He was irrelevant. You had Alfred Morris and a tandem, just like they had in Dallas, of RG3 and Alfred Morris. All of a sudden, when he came behind, um, when he got behind Kirk Cousins, he wasn't producing anything. Yeah. Facts of fiction. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. So... You had a tandem, and the tandem would work if you just utilize them in the correct way. True. You know, and, 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 and it's sad to me that a lot of these things that we we see on the field these days, and if the regular season does happen this year, and I hopefully I pray to God that they go all 16 games and this pandemic cries down and – Everything goes back to kind of being a little bit in the normal uh, normality before the season starts, though. Even though we have three NFL players, two NFL players that tested positive for COVID nineteen, which was Von Miller and somebody from uh, I think Tennessee or Buffalo, somewhere like that. But it doesn't really matter though. And the head coach of the uh, New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton, who tested positive for Corona, they're all doing better. Mm-hmm. So, at the end of the day, this draft is going to make a statement this year. This draft has to be the statement point this year. Mm-hmm. So, I think we gave them – oh, and uh, to everybody out there, I know we were going to have a battle of the, the decades again this year Um, this show. But, you know, even though we ain't give y'all the battle of the decades, this is draft season. This is draft day. Draft day is tomorrow, and I think y'all would rather hear more about the draft and whatever else the case may be is for tomorrow than y'all would want to hear about the battle of the decades part two, which is coming up pretty soon, everybody, though. So stay tuned for battle of the decades part two. That's coming out probably next week. We'll do a part two to the battle of the decades, everybody. So, DJ Curry, your final thoughts on the draft for tomorrow? I'm excited. We're going to get Chase Young at number two. And then after that, I ain't watching the draft no more. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. You stupid. You stupid. I ain't messing with you, fool. The reason why I say that because we don't have a second round pick, so. I can see it now with the Washington Redskins with the second overall with the number two with this in the second round overall pick where they traded up Trent Williams for somebody else for the second overall well, pick. Yeah, if that's the case and they may have it, I might have to tune to the draft still. Somehow some way Washington gonna sneak it back in the first round again. Well if they do sneak back into the first round tomorrow, then I ain't gonna lie. If they're going to do that, once they get Chase Young, I say 
if it's a nice cornerback or Isaiah or Isaiah Simmons is in there, go draft him. Yep. We'll be good. So here's my final thought. I'm tomorrow morning going to be starting my morning off with uh, my favorite movie on the draft day. <laughs> and ain't that funny? Ain't that ironic that the movie is called Draft Day? I'm going to watch Draft Day tomorrow before the draft commence. And the silence of the purge commence again tomorrow afternoon. And I'm going to sit back and eat my pancakes and eat my breakfast tomorrow and see how crazy Washington Redskins fans go tomorrow when they realize that we picked Chase Young up in the draft and realize how crazy they are about what they're going to do with Trent Williams, how crazy they are going to be, and what this season is going to look like for coming up. Mm-hmm. And then also, too, is, is what I'm going to think about doing tomorrow is I'm going to really see what other – what's the X, who's going to be the X factor in this draft? Going with other teams, mm-hmm. I want to see what the X factor gonna be. So, with that all being said, everybody, thank y'all for listening to the show tonight. I mean, well, tomorrow morning, I should say. I always say the, I always say tonight because you know we always do the show at nighttime. We always record this thing in the morning. Publish this thing out in the morning though, but it's all good, Dundee. Yeah, <laughs> go listen to it tomorrow in the AM. Yep, at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, the show will be releasing at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, everybody. 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. So if you listen to it tomorrow morning, that is the morning that is going to be released. So thank y'all. Y'all been a great audience today. And please go back and listen to the Battle of the Decades. Please go listen to my live interview with Rachel Rapino. Let's make that another number one hit for the show. And I want to thank DJ Curry again. You know, he always does magical things coming live on the show with us. Of course. I'm here. Y'all know he is. And stay tuned for tomorrow night's show, because after the draft goes off, y'all know we got to do a fresh one. (laughs) If I'm not asleep by then. Well, everybody going to be asleep after the draft, you know what I mean? Even if I got to do the show. (laughs) But you know how we're going to do it. We're going to put on with some young Jeezy, and we're going to cancel out the show. Thank y'all for listening. I'm your host, Mark A.K.A. The Vet, and this has been DJ Curry, our other host on the show. Yeah. 9 a.m., everybody. Remember that. 9 a.m. Not 10 a.m., not 9.01. 9 a.m. on the dot. This show's going to release everybody. Hey. For my city. Oh, oh, for my city. Hey, DJ Curry, 